Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right, we are live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, where the heck in the world you are. It's Vita Girl Economist coming to you live on another edition of uh, Hanging with Harley. And uh, folks, Harley Shanger is someone who does not need any introduction whatsoever. And uh, he's a voice of reason and clarity in this crazy mixed up world. And, and especially nowadays where there's so much confusion, where there's so many things going on, making sense of it all becomes a much more difficult task. And to make that task so much easier, we have none other than Harley Schlanger with us. Harley, how are you, buddy? I'm ready to make things clear. Let's do it. Where, where do you want to begin? I mean, before we went live, we were talking about the maniacal mustache, the one and only John Bolton. And some of the shenanigans that he's trying to pull, he is a deep stater. And Harley, why don't you break that down for us? And then, the, and then we get our follow-up question after that breakdown is, why is this guy even in the administration to begin with? Go ahead, Harley. Well, that's the sixty-four million dollar question. You know, Bolton did what he said he would not do, which was to open his big yap in a very uh, promising but fragile situation. Uh, he said that the model for North Korea would be Libya. And then he said Libya in 2003-2004. Now, that was the period of time in which Gaddafi made a deal, or thought he had a deal, with Western countries, which is if he dismantled his nuclear program, they would lift sanctions. And in fact, he offered to work with them in the war on terrorism, which he did. So Gaddafi did exactly what he was asked to do. And then less than a decade later, uh, Cameron from the United Kingdom, Sarkozy from France, and Obama from the U.S., uh, with Hillary Clinton cheering it on, launched a regime change operation, which destroyed the country and ended up with Gaddafi being brutally murdered. Now, when you say to Kim Jong-un, who has moved very far towards accepting the idea of a denuclearized Korean peninsula. When you say to him, we're going to use the Libya model, what do you think his reaction is going to be? Well, we're not Libya, and we're not going to tolerate it. And that's exactly what the deputy foreign minister of North Korea said today. And it's interesting. What he said is that we have no problem with Trump. We're getting along well with Pompeo. But we're not going to tolerate these kinds of statements from Bolton. And so they canceled a meeting between the North and the South today. Uh, Trump came out and said, look, he's not speaking for the administration when he says the Libyan model. And uh, the press secretary today uh, said, we're going with the Trump model, not the Libya model. We'll see if it can, it can be rescued. But this is a very fragile situation, not just North Korea, but the Middle East uh, Ukraine, there are hot spots everywhere. And if you have a hothead like the walrus Bolton bouncing his fat butt into the middle of things, 
uh, you're going to create a situation where wars will break out. And I, I think it's important that the message get to Trump, get this guy out of there before he sabotages what you're trying to do. Absolutely right. And the, and the question is this. It's, it, wh- number one, why did he open up his trap? Who does he think he is? This is this is what this is what I don't understand. What why is he in the administration to begin with? What purpose does this maniacal mustache, this 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 neocon walrus? What purpose does he possibly serve? I'm I'm it's completely incredulous to me, Harley. The only thing I can think is that Trump is trying to send a message to North Korea, which is that if you don't work with us, then things will get tough. But the Koreans were working with us. Kim Jong-un had gone very far towards uh, uh, even setting a date for tearing down their test site. And the movement between North and South was very strong. And, you know, what Pompeo said is that we can make North Korea a prosperous country, which is what Kim and his people want to hear. But when you present again this Gaddafi model, why would anyone accept that? Now, your bigger question, why is Trump bringing in potential saboteurs? He's done that from the beginning. Uh, Mnuchin, I would argue, and, and Gary Cohn when he was there, were there as agents of Wall Street to sabotage the potential for any change along the lines of Glass-Steagall, moving away from Federal Reserve funny money and so on. When you look at the foreign policy side of things, uh, certainly McMaster was part of the Bush crowd in terms of his policies, a, a protege of Petraeus. Uh, Bolton came out of the Bush operation. Remember, when Bolton was in the Bush-Cheney regime, there were offers from uh, Kim Jong-un's father for a, an agreement to put aside North Korea's nuclear program, and it was sabotaged probably by Bolton and Cheney. So... Now North Korea actually has a nuclear program. They have nuclear weapons. Why in the world would you sabotage something that's promising like that? And I I don't think, I think this just shows you that Trump is not fully in charge of what his underlings are doing or saying. And, And the proof of that is that they continue to have leaks all over the place, which means there are agents of the other side inside the Trump administration. You know, I, I, I absolutely right, and and the point is, it's like I don't understand, you know, what the long term strategy is of having more of these these sycophants, these crazies, uh, that you know, running around and, run, and running amok in the White House is beyond me. Bolton is is a loose cannon. Uh, this is a guy. I don't know why he is the way he is. Maybe he didn't get beat up as a kid. I, that's what I'm thinking. And now he's <laughs> just running like a recluse. I mean, this is a guy who's never been in a fight in his life. The the, the amount of this guy's such a a bloodthirsty warmonger. It's beyond me. Like I, I don't know if this guy gets aroused by seeing human suffering. Harley, I've he's he's sick. Well, he's a he's a typical bully, and uh, you know a bully is often someone who could never win a fight on his own, but uses threats against weaker people to establish his superiority. Now, look, we got another example of this in the case of Netanyahu. And this massacre of Palestinians, uh, look, there may be some very bad apples in the Hamas side. There may have been a few people with weapons on their side. 
But to have Israeli snipers shooting into crowds of people, uh, killing over 60, wounding almost 3,000 people, what's the purpose of that? All it does is create a, an unquenchable fire. And at the same time, you have Lieberman, the defense minister of Israel, saying that the Hezbollah victory in Lebanon means Lebanon is the same as Hezbollah. So, in other words, now Lebanon is a target, Syria is a target, Iran is a target. So you have the Israelis unleashed, and, and this is a, a classic British operation, just as the Saudis are. You know, the, it, it's interesting, if you go back 100 years ago to the Balfour Declaration, you find that the creation of the Jewish state had nothing to do with the desire of the Jewish people. It had to do with the desire of the British oligarchy to divide up and, and in as many ways as possible the region between the Nile and, and the Caucasus. And this is the same time, of course, they brought uh, the Saud dynasty into power in the early 1920s when they chose to have this tribal, fairly brutal character, Ibn Saud, uh, give his name to the Arabian Peninsula and turn it into Saudi Arabia. And so you have these two genocidal states, Israel and Saudi Arabia, who are threatening to blow up the Middle East now, the target in this is not Palestinians, it's not Lebanon, it's not even Assad and Syria. The target is Russia, the target is China, and the target is the moves toward a new global financial system. And this is very well developed now. It's moving aggressively. The Chinese have done a, a spectacular job of, of creating the idea of an alternative, which has attracted support from over 80 nations now who are part of the Belt and Road Initiative. And this is a total existential threat to the city of London and Wall Street because they're hanging out or they're out there with huge debts hanging over their head with no way to collect them. And minimally, they want to be able to loot as much as possible from the so-called developing sector, from China, from Russia. And now, with China and Russia in the lead, more and more countries are saying, you can't loot us. We have an alternative now. We don't need your credit, because your credit is really just a debt noose around our necks. So there's a new system coming into being. Now, Trump is intrigued by this. Trump is leaning toward the idea that maybe he can work some deals with China and other countries to create new markets for the U.S. so he can reindustrialize the United States. But as long as you have thieving swindlers like Mnuchin at the Treasury, you're not going to get a credit policy that will allow you to reindustrialize. You're going to get more bubbles. So Trump is not being served well by the people who are in his administration. You know, the, the verdict is still out. Is Trump really one of them or is he somewhat over his head or is he just under attack with a gun at his head all the time? I think the latter is the, the reality, that since he's been in, there's been a string of attacks on him, all of which are designed to prevent him from sitting down and meeting with Putin. You want a solution to the Middle East? Get Putin and Trump in a room for a couple of days and we'll see things start to move. Uh, if Trump were to do that right now, Mueller would say that's proof of collusion, meddling, obstruction of justice and, and you know, picking your nose in public. You know, there is a um, meeting coming up with uh, Trump and Xi, and uh, I'm hopeful that uh, that is 
a more of an economic move, and I think it is, of having the U.S. be part of the One Belt, One Road initiative and away from this insane war. Um, what is your take, Harley? Well, the, the interesting thing with this uh, mobile phone deal that Trump is trying to work out with the Chinese uh, is interesting because it's a step back from the provocation of 150 uh, billion in tariffs. Now, I think Trump is serious about saying to the Chinese, you have to be engaged in fair trade with us. And I think the Chinese are willing to do that. The question is, how do you get there? And you're not going to be able to knock a $350 billion trade deficit down to zero in one year, especially when we're not producing. But I think you're right. A Trump-G meeting is very important. Now, tomorrow, there's going to be a meeting between Merkel and Putin. And to me, this is going to be a very interesting signal as to what we can expect from Europe. The Europeans are now beating their breasts and complaining about the Iran deal. And the most important aspect of that <clears throat> is that they're legitimately protesting uh, the United States being able to dictate their terms of trade. You know, they're saying this is extraterritorial demands on what our companies do and we're not going to accept it. All right, if you're not going to accept it, what are you going to do? The only option for Europe would be to take the Chinese option. And I don't know if you know this, V, but what the Chinese are doing to avoid sanctions, because the threat is that if any of your companies are involved in trade with Iran, their bank accounts can be seized wherever they are. Well, the Chinese are going outside of the SWIFT transfer system. They've established their own parallel system. So they're able to trade without the threat of sanctions destroying their banks and their companies. Now, what if Europe decided that's the only way to continue trade with Iran or Russia or any other country that's being sanctioned? Well, that would represent a somewhat anarchistic breakup of the financial system. It may not be the best thing, best way to do it, but if the United States is going to continue with this crazy British policy of trying to dictate the rules of trade to everyone, then maybe that's what it's going to take to get a change. Absolutely. What else is on your radar, Harley? What other situations here are pressing? I mean, we see how the, uh, the situation in Europe is, uh, where the, uh, the Germans are, are urging. They're, they're right now have a, a fire lit under them to uh, uh, engage in more trade with Russia, uh, to be part more linked with Russia, which I think is a great fit for them. Um, you also have uh, the, the whole situation with, uh, with the uh, Sultan, uh, the Sultan himself, <laughs> Recep uh, er Erdogan of Turkey. And uh, his calls uh, against Israel. Um, this is a lot of things that are happening. So, well, what's your take on just, uh, just especially the European theater? What's your take on that? Well, Europe is interesting because again, the Merkel-Putin summit is going to take up two questions. Uh, I mean, three now. One is the whole question of sanctions generally, but if Merkel is going to take that up, she's got to look at the sanctions against Russia, and she's under a lot of pressure from her own party, from industrialists and the Christian Democratic Union to start up trade again with Russia, to expand it. So that's an, an issue. Uh, secondly, another issue for Germany with uh, Russia is Ukraine. Now, yesterday, the Ukrainian government raided the offices of Rio Novosti, one of the Russian press services, 
arrested some journalists, and, and today the court upheld their arrest. Now, imagine if this had happened in Russia, if Russia had done that with Ukrainian journalists, the outcry that there would be. So far in the West, there's not a word. This is occurring precisely as Rio Novosti is publishing documentation of Poroshenko's military being completely consolidated under the security services of a guy named Padabui, who's an avowed Nazi, a follower of the SS leader from World War II in Ukraine, Stefan Bandera. So you have a, an, an effort from Poroshenko to launch an attack into eastern Ukraine, which could trigger a, a Russian response, which would crush Ukraine within a couple of days. What would the West do? So Merkel's going to try and head that off. Uh, now, the only way to head it off is to talk to the Russians about what happened with the coup in 2014. And V, I was just reviewing something interesting. Um, I'm looking at the role of John Brennan in Russiagate and, and why Brennan has such a stick up his rear end about Russia. And there are two things that jump out. One, Brennan's support for jihadist terrorism which Brennan was doing at the CIA and, and, and made the, some of the Brennan networks at the CIA are still arming terrorists in Syria. The other is that right after the overthrow of the Yanukovych regime in Ukraine, Brennan made a trip, a secret trip to Kiev, where he promised support for the Kiev government, the new government, the coup government, which at the time was largely a a militia force of neo-Nazis. So if these things come out, what does it do to the image of Brennan as a guy who's standing up for freedom and democracy? Well, Brennan was there at the very beginning of Russiagate, the launching of it. And there was a very fascinating development. You may have seen this. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, who was... Uh, opposed to the Gina Haspel nomination, was opposing Correct. it on an interesting basis. He wrote her a letter asking, do you know of Brennan's cooperation with a foreign intelligence agency in launching the Russiagate charges against President Trump? Do you know if the CIA was involved in any wiretapping or surveillance of presidential campaigns in 2016? And by putting out the connection of Brennan with the British, which Rand mm -hmm. Paul did, it becomes extremely interesting because at the same time you had Nunez issue a statement today saying, look, it's proven now there was no collusion. So why are we still having the investigation into Trump? Now, meanwhile, Republican idiots in the Senate joined with the Democrats to say there was Russian meddling. We're not sure about collusion, but there was definitely Russian hacking. Russian meddling, and so on. So we've got a problem in the United States, which is we've got traitors in the Democratic and Republican Party that have taken the leadership of the ultimate traitor, John Brennan, yeah. in carrying out a regime change coup against a president who was elected under the rules of the American electoral system as president of the United States. So when you look at Ukraine and see that Brennan and Hillary Clinton and uh, Victoria Nuland, the neocon, were involved in the Ukrainian regime change. They were involved in the Libyan regime change. They're now involved in an attempt for a regime change in the United States. You can see why Kim Jong-un is saying, not so fast, Kimo Sabe. <laughs>
Very well said, man. It, you know, it's amazing to me. I mean, today was uh, it was put out there that the disclosure of Operation uh, what, CJ. What was the name of that operation that they sent Peter Strzok to 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 London? It was Operation something turning a crosshair hurricane. <laughs> I mean, these childish these childish names, are they? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Strzok was sent to London to meet with an Australian ambassador who was connected to Christopher Steele in order for the Steele dossier. That came out today. And, yeah, uh, and it, more, it, more interesting yeah. is whether we're ever going to get to Stefan Halper, who is the son-in-law of one of the most notorious scumbags in the history of the CIA, Ray Klein. And, and Halper, who is an MI6 CIA operative, yeah. may have been the name of the person who was the FBI operative sent into the Trump administration, or the Trump campaign, rather. Right. And what did Halper do? He introduced Papadopoulos to Ms. Mifsud, the so-called Russian, who's really a, a Maltese figure. Um, he had played a role with not just with Papadopoulos, but with Carter Page. So, you know, what we're beginning to see... And, and the, Page happens whole, to be an FBI informant on top of that. Yeah. yeah. So what are we looking at? We're looking at a sting operation against a presidential campaign. And now the question comes up, how much did Obama know? And there's someone out there who said that Brennan included sections of the Steele dossier in the presidential daily briefings to Obama, which wow. means Obama was cued in from the beginning. And this, this phony note from Susan Rice at the inauguration to Obama, in which she sent out a text message out to everyone saying, Obama said, go by the book. You know, what book? The, the KGB MI6 book. That's mm. the book he was going by. Harley, mm. so, I mean, there's enough evidence out here to have these guys dead to rights, to throw them in jail of sedition, of treason. Is anything being done? Will we see some arrests? Will we see justice being served? Well, if it were up to Trump, we would. But he's got a couple of problems. One is the Justice Department. Well, we have the, 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 is, the, the, the incomparable Jeff Sessions, Mr. Magoo yeah. himself. Yeah. And the other problem is people like McConnell, Paul Ryan, and Republicans who essentially don't agree with the Trump agenda. They're essentially Bush, neocon, neoliberals. And, you know, it's interesting if you look at this. I, I had a debate with someone on the air on a radio show yesterday who was saying that we have to have free trade. Free trade is the American system. And I said, no, it's not. But in the course of the debate, he raised the question. He said, well, why, what are you opposing that I'm saying? And I said, you've got the Obama program. Because this is a guy who claims he's a Trump supporter. And I said, everything you've put forward is what Obama supported. Not surprisingly, that's the same thing Bush supported. This is what Trump ran against, the coalescence of a Democratic-Republican war party, bailout party, austerity party that Trump said the American people don't want and the American people responded to him. So his problem is you've got a corrupt Justice Department uh, that has nothing to do with justice. And you've got a completely corrupt Democratic Party that's tied, still tied to Hillary at the, the at, you know, at her whatever. And the Republican Party, which is the Bush-Obama Republicans. So short of 
pulling a coup against the people in the Republican Party, which I, I wish Trump would do. He's got to go to the American people and he's got to level with them and say, all of these attacks on me are designed to protect the system that you don't like, that's making your life miserable, that's killing the elderly in this country, destroying the future for youth, and we have a way out, and it's called collaboration for uh, with the Russians, with the Chinese, with the Europeans, if they finally break with this uh, British policy. So I, I think unless he does that, we're going to muddle through the midterms, and then there may actually be a situation where uh, the Democrats would have enough power to impeach him. And that's what we're worried about, you know, especially with this blue blue wave uh, that the, that they're talking about, which I think is going to die out. Uh, it's very disconcerting, and this this will worries me. If uh, you simply clean up the spiders' webs without cleaning up the spiders, these spiders will be back, and this is so worrisome. We have a do-nothing justice department in, 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 in all definition of the word. Do-nothing de- justice department. You have corruption on every side. The swamp runs wide and it runs deep, Harley. It's very disconcerting. Well, it does. But, you know, the, the, the thing, the reason there's a cause for hope is that when the American people heard a clear message in the spring and summer of 2016, they responded. It wasn't just opposition to Hillary because of Hillary's personality, which in itself would be a reason to vote against her. But it was her policies. These were the Obama policies. And the problem with the whole idea of a blue wave is the Democrats are still trying to repeat the 2016 election. And their slogan is, we're not Trump. Now, if Trump just sits there and allows himself to be outmaneuvered by the neocons and neolibs, then that slogan might be enough to, to get a, a blue wave. But if the Republicans actually demonstrated some guts and challenged the, the common misconceptions in the American people about questions like free trade, most Americans know that free trade is no good, but they don't know why. They, they know that there's foreign intervention into this country, but they don't know it's the British. A lot of them still think it's the Russians or the Chinese. We've got to teach people really quickly history, science, economics. And I think the American people have gut instincts that are shaped by our constitutional tradition. But we better move quickly, because I don't think the younger generation is getting educated in this tradition. I I think this is a goner. If the people from, say, 45 years old and older don't seize the initiative in the next couple of years, uh, this country is going to turn into a, a puddle of impotence. Absolutely correct, my man. Absolutely correct. This country will turn into a puddle of impotence. Harley, uh, we are uh, we're up against the break here, but let me ask you this: What are your closing comments, and how can people follow you? Well, the the best place I, I publish an article every week. This week, I'm writing on the role of Brennan, the the exposure of John Brennan as as the key manipulator from the U.S. side of the Russia Gate, and also pushing the terrorism, chaos, supporting neo-Nazis in Ukraine. My articles are available, either people can email me directly at harleysch at gmail.com. And if you want to communicate with me directly, that's the best way to do it. So it's harley, H-A-R-L-E-Y-S-C-H at gmail. Or they can go to my blog site, which is lpac.com 
co slash Harley. And that's where I have all my articles posted. So that's lpac.co slash Harley. Thank you so much, Harley, for joining us and sharing this valuable critical information uh, with us all. Uh, your insights are refreshing and clear. And I, uh, I definitely know that the, you know, the audience enjoys it. Uh, thank you so much again. CJ, take it away. 